Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. How are you holding up? I am excited for tonight. I don't want to jinx anything. The Lakers are one win away from a championship, the first championship they would have won in the last 10 years. Um, I will probably spend the rest of the day watching uh, previous Lakers championship highlights. <laughs> I, I'm like sad because normally it would feel like the city was a buzz and there was like a, you know, camaraderie and we would be seeing people, you know, at bars and everything like celebrating flipping cars in downtown LA, which I love. Um, <laughs> I, but I, you know, obviously there's a pandemic, so there's not going to be a parade right now. Although Jeannie said that if they do win a championship that she wants to do something later on, which I think is very cool. But I feel like even talking about this is jinxing the whole thing. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have like my own way to celebrate. Maybe I'll take a video and like post it so you guys can see me in head to toe Lakers gear. Yeah, we need um, it. The people need it, Alyssa. Your outfits are great and they're helping them. Thank you so much. Uh, but I'm also very scared by like even saying that because we're going to release this before they play that like LeBron will like break his brain in the game and then he'll never play again or something like that. (laughs) So look, we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but we're very excited. We're not getting ahead of ourselves. We're keeping cool. We're keeping calm. We're not chasing anything. Uh, the Dodgers swept the Padres, uh, in, and they're going to the NLCS. So, you know, things are good. Things Things are are going well for LA. Um, I'm, I'm pumped about it. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm excited that uh, it's not as fucking hot as it normally is. And I'm going to carve a pumpkin this weekend. Oh, cute. I love I've that. I've decided I'm going to go get a fucking pumpkin and then I'm going to carve it. And it's going to be cute and festive because I want to be spooky this season and no one can stop me. I have a weird like I I I love living in California so, so much, but I the only thing that I really hold against it is the lack of feeling festive sometimes due to the always paradise like weather. So sometimes I could get kind of aggressive with my Halloween decorations or holiday decorations around Christmas. It's a, it's a thing. So I'll post my pumpkin when I, when I do it, I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, that'll be so cute. The last pumpkin that I carved was an LA Dodgers logo. And then I carved it at my friend's house and there were like some dogs hanging out. Like people brought their dogs and then one of the dogs ate the A out of the out of my pumpkin. <laughs> I like that you said some dogs were hanging out and then you had to clarify like, well, people brought them yeah, instead no, of just... that. You were just at a pumpkin carving party and there was just also some dogs in attendance also hanging out. Yeah, Just like feral dogs. <laughs> no, they were people's dogs, but they also ate the A. Well, that's a bummer. But um, so watch ugh. out, you know, Fredo might have an appetite for pumpkin. We don't know. Oh, this is true. He also has a really cute little October collar. Oh, it's yeah. the cutest. And I also ordered his Christmas one already. Oh, my God. I have a problem. I will say, though, I draw the line at, like, uh, costumes. Like, I, I'm not going to put him in a full costume oh. because 
for I just don't think he'd like it, and I'm aware enough to do that, even though I so desperately would love a picture of him like dressed up as a little dinosaur or something. <laughs> but I hold myself back, I restrain myself, and we I just should, get him crazy collars. We should post a like a festive um, Halloween bow tie Fredo picture because it's very cute. Oh my gosh, twist my arm, Melissa. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine, I'll do it. I will. <laughs> Um, okay, so what's going on this week besides the Lakers being one win away from a championship, which I could talk about all day? Copy that. Okay. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to talk about, which was just sort of interesting, not that big of a deal, was Tyra Banks's flub on this week's episode of Dancing with the Stars, where at the end of the episode, she is responsible for uh, announcing all of the couples that in order of their rankings, it gets down to the bottom two, and then the judges will eliminate one of the two couples. Right. And it's also live, which is fascinating to watch. I never watch anything live anymore, beside from these fucking debates and dancing with the stars which is the worst but uh she is calling the couples all of a sudden has to be like i'm oop, i am i am sorry none of the three couples who are on the stage are actually in the bottom two the two couples that have already left including oh, no. monica aldama and i forget who the other one was uh ann Haish, yeah uh were eg- like exited off the stage and like literally taking off their costumes and like going back to their quarantine quarters and so while they're on live tv you just see everybody including the judges and tyra and like the other celebrities and dancers like scrambling to go find monica and Anne to bring them back to get them fucking eliminated and it's so uncomfortable and awkward because there's no time to like apologize very quickly very and like a full class act that she is Tyra was like that is live TV I apologize mistake on the cards we're moving on because there's just no time to like even Wait, explain so it how did they discover that it was a mistake on the cards did somebody did a producer like tell her in between like, you know what's funny they told they told the judges first so Tyra is like on the dance floor oh just like reading literal physical cards and then the person holding the cards realized that they fucked up I think or they were given the wrong order and then a producer turns to the judges and it's like that's not right like that's not the bottom two and then the judges who are mic'd but their mics aren't on start screaming at Tyra and they're like Tyra it's Monica and Anne and it's like screaming after it's so uncomfortable but I want to give props to Tyra because I think she did a good job and I think it's like she's not it was like so clearly not her fault like she's just reading whatever the fuck she's given and she handled it amazing and then had to like apologize for it afterwards and was like sorry I mean that's live TV and I feel really bad for Monica and Anne who really didn't get the time that they deserved and like didn't get to like have any sort of positive feedback from the judges Ugh. the judges were just like uh uh send Anne home and it's like oof yikes did she did Anne tell some sort of story about how dating Ellen DeGeneres ruined her career yeah and it is what wow, was it's it it's so sad so <laughs> it so <laughs> It's so sad. Yes. Okay. So the Anne Heche package before she was going to start her dance was this like really, really moving story about how she was dating Ellen DeGeneres in her early 20s at like kind of the height of her career. She had this like multi movie deal at a studio. She was coming out with this uh, like big film that she was in called The Volcano or something similar to that. And she started dating Ellen and Ellen was actually the first woman that she dated and she wanted 
wanted to bring Ellen as a date. And Ellen was like, you can't do that. It's going to ruin your career. And Anne was like, I don't give a fuck. You should come as my date. She brings Ellen, uh, does the red carpet, goes and sits in the movie theater to watch her film. She's escorted. The two of them are escorted out of the film of the movie theater before the film ends, are not allowed to go to her own after party. And her multi-million-dollar movie deal is canceled. Oh my god! And she doesn't work, Alyssa, for the next ten years. And then imagine just seeing Ellen like being the monster that she is to on her own show, getting away with it, and like being super famous this entire. Well, that's time. the thing. I felt so <laughs> bad that like I had no. When Anne Heche was like introduced as a cast member, I was like, oh, I think I recognize her. And then I just immediately liked her because she was so like spunky and fun and I loved her attitude. And I was like, I wonder why I haven't seen her in more things. And this is fucking why. And then she ended up dating Ellen DeGeneres for three years, but they break up. Ellen obviously has a completely different career. Ellen is like mostly known for dating Portia. Like I know I didn't really, I wasn't like, obviously I know Ellen had dated people before Portia, but I, to think that this ruined her career and then the story just kind of got swallowed up. So it's not even something that people were like advocating for her. And on that note, I think my theory is that she went home so early because I don't think that she has a fan base amongst the people who are watching the show because we don't know who she is. So like people are just going to vote for fucking Jeannie Mai and AJ and all of these other people that we're more familiar with, even though they're sort of washed up or like not as relevant. So it's so sad. I felt so, so bad. It was, I think, really cool that they shared it and she did a cool dance number where she like starts off in this black outfit and then she bursts open and it's this huge rainbow sequence number that oh, I love. Cool. So that part was it's cool. Just like so it's just like, so like live TV to be like, here's this really emotional story about a really, really like pivotal decision that I made about my identity and my career and oh they fucked up the cards and I'm I'm out and I don't even get to say goodbye okay bye everyone this was really nice thanks okay I remember that story I haven't told it in like years okay bye (laughs) like it's so fucked up (laughs) it's so crazy and I I will also say what's this like the theme of the episode was people sharing vulnerable stories I think that hers was like so powerful and I like literally learned so much and then like Sky Jackson did a uh, she like dedicated her number which is like beautiful Beautiful, kind of slow like gorgeous ballroom number she got the first 10 of the season from it she dedicated it to her former co-star who passed away last year in this like horrible tragic young death and like all of these all of the celebrities were sharing things that were so meaningful to them and then jesse metcalf did like a thing about his car because <laughs> he likes his car and he's he's so disturbing to me, Alyssa. He like when he when they're all standing and about to get eliminated or they're, when they're standing uh, in the stage and like waiting for the judges comments, he's always like smirking at the camera and like doing this thing where he's like, do you remember how I played the hot gardener on Desperate Housewives? Oh, no. And it's like, yeah, dude, we fucking remember. But there's <laughs> nothing that feels like honest or open or like real about him. He just seems like kind of like douchey and like he's always on but in this weird like I'm still so sexy way and it's like oh now I'm maybe getting uh sort of the reason why you haven't been working for the past few years Jesse Metcalf if like the most you can share about yourself is that you like driving your car like okay Uh, and he's John Tucker from John Tucker Must Die, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. And so like, I, um, if you are not working after those two really big yeah. credits, like maybe it's because you're fucking your car or something. I don't I know. I love people who like 
have just so clearly gotten by on being hot their whole life and then they have to do stuff where they talk and it's like so Mm -hmm. clear that this is not a skill they've developed and I'm just Mm -hmm. like on the one hand I'm like yeah why would you because you've just been like you know fucking your brains out and getting cast and stuff because you're just like a hot guy but also like welcome to everyone else's world my friend (laughs) yeah you're gonna have to function now jesse metcalf but anyway so it was a fun it was a fun episode it had some sad moments it had some hilarious moments and i want to publicly commend tyra for keeping her cool when the flub happened and it was like so clearly not her fault i love you tyra oh my god and she's coming out with an ice cream called smize cream (gasps) (laughs) are you gonna get it (laughs) Bitch, I'm pre-ordering it. Are you kidding? I like barely even eat ice cream. But honestly, the biggest tragedy of the pandemic, other than obviously all the deaths, is not being able to go to Model World that was supposed to be open in Santa Monica. (gasps) And we were going to go do like recon on the ground. Yeah. And we were going to become models. And we also (laughs) were thinking of paying like thousands of dollars for the VIP package for you guys. So yeah, it was for you. It was we're doing God's work. But that got fucked halted thank you corona upsetting Ugh. okay anyway that was all of my dancing <laughs> with the stars recap amazing how i could talk about it for 15 minutes when the show is literally a show about nothing yeah there's like um, seven minutes of actual content in the show <laughs> no but it's just so i think it's so fun i really enjoy especially like these past weeks with the debates it's it's funny that i watch the debates and i get like so viscerally sick poor tony has to listen to the debates and then also me like groaning and crying and like gasping and then I watch Dancing with the Stars and I just sit there smiling. I'm just so yeah. happy watching that freaking show. So it's uh, it's a nice little palate cleanser. Um, wait, did you, we have a new housewife added to the Real Housewives of New York. And she is a person of color, which is fierce. Her name is Ebony K. Williams. But the jury is out on whether or not we know <laughs> if we like her, because obviously we haven't met her yet, as if she's our friend. We haven't been like formally introduced to her yet. But it seems like she is an attorney and a former Fox News anchor of sorts or broadcaster. So it's uh, it's an interesting combo. I'm uh, I'm a Listen little to Taylor doing her best tap dance to talk over whatever I'm about to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I was pretty, pretty surprised to <laughs> learn that fun fact. That's just like kind of embedded in the sentences about like in the in the press release. It's just like kind of hidden that, that one of her bigger credits is just like working on Fox. We're like, but, bup, bup, bup. Fox News for fashion or, you know, like, what was that? What was that credit for? Like, what did they talk about on that show? I have some questions. Would she, if you had to say, would she be aligned with a Ramona or a Leah? Because that'll tell Mm. us a lot about this Fox News credit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, like, really good that they finally are listening to people about getting a more diverse cast um, on that show. You know, I did look at the wikipedia page for the show that she was a host on which i have not seen and it did describe it as the replacement for um bill o'reilly's show so that's not promising um but look i'm willing to give this person the benefit of the doubt i'm sure if there's like some fucked up shit about her clips will surface um so we'll see you know like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make a Prejudgment. Maybe she's one of the people that Fox News like uses to try to make themselves seem legitimate, and she's not as bad as everyone right. else. I don't know. I don't know what I what I feel about that generally, but I think it's great that she is going to be the first Black woman on um, Rowney and that and you know 
I, I hope she does well on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to meet her. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. And then we also, did you see that Leah uh, renegotiated her contract for $10,000 an episode, which is Oh, that's fierce. great. Good I think that's her. very fierce because she's fucking going to be carrying that show, dude. Like her shoulders yeah. must hurt. Uh, for sure. Let's get into Potomac. Okay. Where do you want to start? You want to start with Giselle's security? Yes. Okay. I love I, – I, we're dealing with, like, the fight of the century with this, like, brawl that happened between Monique and Candace. And then Monique asks for the women, aside from Candace, to gather at Karen's to have sort of a discussion about it and to try to, like, I'll put in air quotes, apologize or, like, clear the air. Uh, but Candace sh- – not Candace. Uh, Giselle shows up. With a bodyguard, which is so funny. If she was on RuPaul's Drag Race, she would be a comedy queen because it's such a fucking mean, like, prank and fucking stupid thing to do. But it had me cackling because it did really, like, kind of pull some tension out of the air that she was like, well, I'm not going to get fucking slapped at this fucking gathering. Mm -hmm, I'm going to deal with this. But nothing is funnier than the cherry on the icing of the cake of bringing the bodyguard to this (laughs) gathering. Than her saying, well, I am back together with Jamal and we cannot be dealing with any public scandals. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the man who has more scandals on his resume than the entire cast can fucking bind. I cannot believe it. She's like, I'm just like, I have a public image to uphold. I'm like, you have a public image of staying with a man who has like cheated on you publicly and fathered other babies and then is coming back to you, but like half assing. What is the image that you're upholding? So to, I just love, I think that that is a great quality that she has to just like shamelessly dive into this like bit of bringing the bodyguard and to still be making a fool of herself while doing so. I'm it's like, like everything I love about Giselle and Real Housewives. It's like, Giselle, you, okay, <laughs> you are tempting fate. Literally this whole time this season has been going on, there's been parallel drama on the internet about Jamal Bryant's entire family, sex life, behavior. Like, yeah. And they only have alluded to it on Real Houses of Potomac with her dad's comment and then with the producer saying, like, how many children does Jamal have, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, we have chosen not to get into that because it's rumors and it's someone's, you know, children that are, like, you know, potentially hearing these things. And it just doesn't seem worth it to traffic in things that aren't, like, actually confirmed by the show that aren't on the show she's literally daring people to dig up every single possible thing that they could find and bring it onto the show by saying that we we have an image to uphold I mean if I were you I would just be like I feel lucky that a lot of this is like below the belt and nobody's really coming for me yet I mean yeah you know and so why are you tempting fate by putting on this act that we know you know better because of the things you've said in the past on the show about I know girl they keep using her own quotes her own talking head footage against her when she's like he was a cheater cheater pumpkin eater I mean there's literally a a quote there's literally a clip of her being asked about I can't remember if I said this on or off the pod but 
Phaedra on Real Housewives Atlanta, she was rumored to be like having an affair while her um, husband was like going through some legal issues and eventually ended up in prison. She was rumored to be having an affair with someone named Mr. Chocolate. And we never knew who that was. And on Watch What Happens Live, there's a clip of Andy talking to Giselle saying like, hey, Mr. Chocolate is rumored to be Jamal. How do you feel about that? And Giselle was like, uh, who's Phaedra? I don't know who that is. And it's like, okay, so clearly something is happening with this guy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and we've this all been doing you much. a solid, not bringing it up. And now you're just acting so crazy. I know. She's asking for it. It's insane. And then pull in Ashley, you know, be like, I'm happy that the focus isn't on me. I don't want to be airing my dirty laundry. This is, I'm putting in a lot of effort to not talk about I this. Know. Like, it's just that's wild. Ashley's whole mood. And it's great because yeah. then we get the Michael drama when we want it. And then we're like, we're fine shelving it because she's not fucking asking for it. Yeah. Uh, wait, what did you, speaking of Watch What Happens Live, you said that you watched it this week and something interesting happened. I didn't right. see it. So they had Monique on. Um, first of all, she sat right in front of her fish tank the whole time, which was very <laughs> funny. And there were not one, but two reflections of her ring light in the fish tank. So you could see that. Nice. T'Challa did make an appearance. He did fly away when he was supposed to be on camera. So that was very funny to watch as well. Um, <laughs> she said, so you know how there was like, at the beginning of this, we're like, why, why is um, Giselle, so, or sorry, why is Monique so upset with Sharice? Like, how did Candace mm-hmm. play part in this? And they alluded to this rumor, and Monique was like, I'm not going to say this on camera because it's so nasty, right? So mm-hmm. on this Watch What Happens Live episode, she was like, I want to set the record straight. The rumor is not what Giselle said. It's not that I was having an affair with my trainer. That's not what bothered me and my husband. And she's like, and I'm happy to talk about all of this at the reunion. And Andy looked like so shocked. She was Mm. like, the rumor is that one of my children is not my husband's (gasps) and that my trainer fathered one of my children. I've been lying to my husband about it. (gasps) And so she's like, that's so nasty. People have literally been trying to collect evidence about this. And like it, this is like below the belt. And now I'm going to just talk about it at the reunion. And like, you guys understand why I've been so pissed off. And I was like, Oh my God. Wow, 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 wow. So, like, you kind of understand why Monique, like, you know, pulled Candace's hair. I mean, it just puts things in, like, a different light, I think. (laughs) And do we think, is the accusation that Sharice started it or that Candace started it? Um, She didn't get into that, but from what I've, you know, from what we've been tracking, I would think that Monique probably thinks Sharice started it and then Candace probably wanted it to end up on the show or was trying to, like, see if there was any truth to this and so by inviting Sharice to a party it seems like you're trying to put that stupid you know information that doesn't seem to be true and is like really damaging to their family in as a storyline on the show Mm. but I'm that's just me speculating and I'm sure that we'll get more into it when um, they talk at the reunion. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, yep. Okay, got it. So Makes that's sense. just different. That's different than like, oh, you're in, you're, you have infidelity issues in your marriage <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the other thing that I said, and we can talk about this, uh, or that she said on Watch What Happens Live is. She was like, I, she was asked about, um, you know, the comment that they're not representing black women well by um, fighting on TV. And I think it's interested, interesting to hear all, all perspectives from all the women on this. Um, but Monique said what she didn't get to say in the episode. You know, I think 
black women have human moments where they make mistakes and their emotions overcome their judgment. And I think it's really sad that Giselle feels like um, we're not allowed to have the same, you know, mistakes that other people in this Housewives franchise have had and also Mm -hmm. that we have to represent all black women. And I was like, you know, that's like, that's a fair point. I'm not going to like weigh in either way. I think everyone's entitled to feel what they want to feel. Obviously like not my place to make a judgment call. um, But I thought it was interesting, like getting that information um, in the conversation as well, because it wasn't in the one that they had in the episode. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's an important thing to point out where they are burdened with having to strike the balance of like, what is their responsibility or not in terms of representation of black women that the other like white housewives don't have to have yeah like Teresa Judice never has to think about that no she doesn't have to think about it and then it's a whole nother level of the the conversation and the drama that's happening within the show that's like way higher stakes and a lot more complicated and is uh important to talk about but it is also super shitty and unfair to have to like hold against somebody I thought that it was interesting this episode of like dealing with the aftermath when a lot of the cast did gather at Karen's house that there was, I liked seeing a different and unique reaction from each member of the cast because I think it kind of covered the spectrum of how this upset this upsets people or doesn't upset people. Yeah. Um, the fight itself and just like, I guess, violence in general, really, on the show. And I thought it was interesting that they're like, uh, I don't know, Karen seemed to have a lot of space for forgiveness and like Ashley was kind of ready to get over it. But obviously Giselle made like this big stink about it. And Wendy kept making the point of like, you don't feel, my biggest issue is not even that it happened, but that you feel embarrassed and not remorseful. Yeah. Which was something that kind of stuck with me and I want to use against somebody one day of like, (laughs) you're embarrassed because you're embarrassed for you and you would be remorseful and you would feel regretful about fighting somebody and putting somebody down and beating the shit out of them. That that's something that you should regret. And by not expressing regret, that makes me feel like there is something like everything that you're doing is very self-motivated. So how can I forgive you when you don't even aren't you not even asking for forgiveness you wouldn't take it back um I I just thought in general the conversation was really cool it was an interesting episode because I I sort of expected all of the women to gang up on her that's a little bit of what it feels like on social media right now it seems like everybody in the cast was so anti-Monique and I thought that the conversation had a lot more space for like grace and patience and like conversation than you might expect on the show yeah Um, for sure I mean it's very like it's like what is she supposed to do you know it's like yeah she did something really fucked up and it's it sucks and like I don't know what you're supposed to say than like I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that I don't know right, it's, but it's, she doesn't yeah. and she's so I love the the cut of her being like I blacked out I don't remember a thing I didn't remember anything like very fucking Chicago the musical and then they just showed her in the car immediately post fight going through it beat by beat with the producer in the car she's like and then I grabbed her hair and then I grabbed her shirt and she's like you you remembered every single thing she that also happened. did say on watch what happens live they were Andy was like okay but they you know like producers were trying to hold you in a hallway and then you like ran down the stairs and ran after her so he was like I could understand if you blacked out in this one moment because you felt like you're protecting yourself 
Um, mm-hmm. But why did you go after her? And he was like, and she basically said, like, people were saying I was going to get fired from the show. So I was like, if I'm going to get fired from the show, I'm going to go finish this person off. And I was like, <gasps> that's so crazy. That is also, it's crazy, but it's sort of badass. And she's I, like, I'm uh, just being honest about, like, what I thought in that moment. And she did say on Watch What Happens Live, like, later on, I ended up feeling bad. And, like, you know, I tried to talk to Candace, but then it had gotten litigious at that point. So I, I think she was very, like, I literally, like, don't know what the fuck just happened and then yeah once she saw it and she saw people's reaction to it she was like "Ooh, that was not great of me it didn't play out the way that i thought it did right there's definitely some truth to being like oh i it's hard for me to talk about it because i i was so worked up she, she in the episode she's like i still feel like adrenaline pumping through my body yeah. and this is like a week later and i totally relate to that i totally get that but you also shouldn't be like i blacked out if you didn't black out <laughs> like yeah I, you because immediately Karen was like, well, then I forgive you. I think I forgive you. If you don't remember, then I think we, we that's awful. And I just I forgive you. And I was like, this is so crazy and complicated. But I one last thing I'll say on it. I loved Monique's blouse. The yeah, shirt me too. She's wearing, I, so I loved cute. it too. Yeah, it was really what good. What an f- adorable outfit. Really, really, really amazing. I want that shirt. It's like a very cool, like billowy, like button up. It had cool pastel colors. Oh, loved it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so, so, so little, but so much, you know, like not that mm-hmm. many shows this week, but so much to say about what's happening because yeah. Potomac <laughs> is such a strong housewife franchise. Like I, I'm yeah. so grateful. And we also have like a whole other fight coming up between the husbands that they didn't even show us until mid season. Like that's how yes. strong it is, which is awesome. Oh, I can't wait. So this week we're going to talk about Summer House, which is a show that's mostly about people who have had sex with a bunch of people that they shouldn't have. And we have a really fun guest with a such a great accent that I oh, that is the best. It was such a treat to talk to someone with a Philly accent because we haven't been back to Philly since last Christmas. Um, and uh, we really get into the you know the politics of men and women dating and not being monogamous and all of that. And it was like a really fun, enlightening discussion on all sides. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoy. Look, it's great that Kyle is participating and planning his own wedding, but it's awkward because a year ago, their relationship almost blew up in flames. Are there even rumors going around? I don't know. I'm not going to live my life not knowing if you've made out with other girls or not. It's just... It's a lot. Hi, guys. All right. Today, we have a very special guest on the pod. Um, One of Mike's very good friends, Dave, who used to write for Liberty Ballers. Um, We have a big Philly following from the rights to Ricky Sanchez on here. So I feel like a lot of people will be stoked to hear uh, a really good Philly accent today. Welcome, Dave. Listen, Taylor, thanks for having me. We are going to talk about Summer House. Could you tell us uh, a little bit about how you got into reality TV and like what your relationship is with it? Sure, uh, absolutely. So first and foremost, I listened to last week's episode. You guys covered Love on the Spectrum, which oh, was yeah. great. It was endearing. Uh, it was genuine. and I appreciated it. Uh, Summer House is, any, is the complete opposite. It is everything <laughs> but that. There... <laughs> There's very few redeeming qualities about it. Uh, regarding this show specifically, is my sister-in-law watches Vanderpump Rules, and uh, okay. she she lives in Boston, and she was visiting us uh, in Philadelphia a couple years ago, and my wife was still sleeping. It was like a Saturday morning, and she went on on demand and pulled up Bravo. And she goes, 
it's like before or after Vanderpump Rules, the show called Summer House, just give it a shot, you'll like it. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch this. Like, I don't watch anything on Bravo. And of course, like five minutes later, I'm like, all right, well, what's her deal? Like, are, like, <laughs> yeah. are, are, are these two dating? Oh, they used to date? Like, what happened? Like, who broke up with who? Yeah. And, and next thing you know, I'm like DVR, DVRing it that Wednesday. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're, like, you're down the rabbit hole. So I would say that Summer House is uh, it's a guilty pleasure, but I, I also hate myself for liking it. Kind of like, uh, you know, Sheryl Crow, like your favorite mistake, and that's how Aww. I would describe Summer House. <laughs> I love Sheryl Crow, and my mom loves Sheryl Crow so much. So that Who was doesn't? A perf- that was a perfect comparison for me. <laughs> um, and do you want to explain what the show is about um, for people who have not seen it, including Taylor, who hasn't seen it? Sure. So uh, Summer House is a bunch of New York professionals, and right, like, everyone has, like, these, like, no one just, like, is, like, an accountant. Like, obviously, like, Kyle's an entrepreneur. Uh, he has his own alcohol beverage called Lover Boy. It's all over the show. Like, of <laughs> okay. course, he just, you know, just a classic <laughs> entrepreneur. Like It's a canned every- wine, right? It's like, uh, I think it's almost like a hard iced tea. Now, okay. I've, ha- I've had it before. It's not bad. I don't love it, but, like, it's after four or five. I mean, it's certainly tolerable. So we have uh, these New York professionals who basically get a house at the Hamptons uh, every weekend. Or they have it for a whole summer, but they go down every weekend. Mm-hmm. So they'll show these brief clips of them, uh, you know, doing their daily jobs, uh, you know, during Monday through Friday there. But the whole show is based off the house. I've never seen them at the beach. They'll occasionally go to a vineyard. Mm-hmm. I think there's one bar called Southampton Social that they'll go to, but mm-hmm. everything else is within the house. They have a party every weekend. Every party is themed. Like, getting a keg and just sitting around and playing, like, Asshole and King's Cup, that doesn't exist with these guys. They're, they're all wearing linen pants. They're all drinking rosé. And every party has, like, 700 people. There'll be, like, live animals. It'll be a rave, like, the season finale. Like, nothing's, like, low-key. Like, they're not playing categories or apples to apples and, you know, just, like, going into bed at 9 o'clock. So that's... Summer House, uh, in a nutshell, it's like a very sophisticated, I guess, Jersey Shore. They um, and they also do, which this differentiates it a little bit from the other Bravo shows. They do those sort of like high end, real world sex camera where you can yeah, you see every right. single thing they're doing in their room all the time. And honestly, it's a lot for me. Like mm-hmm. I get overwhelmed. I'm like, we don't need to hear the moaning every single time someone is hooking up. We get that people hook up in the house. You can just reference it in conversation. That's how I personally feel about it. Um, okay, I think we should just jump right in and start with Carl because he really connects a lot of people on this house. Oh my goodness gracious. All right, so Carl is easily the worst guy in the house. He's, I think, like the definition of a fuckboy. I, I sort of wish we could like sit high school girls down and teach a class on fuckboys by making them watch Summer House and watch how noncommittal Carl can be um, to everybody. I love think that idea. Yeah, he's ha- he's like the classic like no matter what way you get hooked up with him, whether you've dated him before, whether you're his friend and then you start hooking up with him, whether he just like thinks you're really cute and pursues you, it always ends with him somehow like fucking you over. <laughs> and he has managed to have sex with um 
almost every single girl in the house except for two. I just wanted to list them very quickly. Carl and the Workus Twin, the first season. Carl and Paige. Carl and the Barry's Boot Camp Instructor. Carl and the blonde girl that he was dating uh, simultaneously when he was hooking up with Paige. Carl and Danielle. Carl and Lindsay. Carl and Jules. And at the end of the summer, Carl thinks that he's been shit on by women for the entire summer while he's hooking up with three girls that live in the house Ew. oh my god um, and his headshot on google images is not cute <laughs> he would i think mike would watch this and be like he's just tall and that's like what the attraction oh. is <laughs> okay. um what are your thoughts on carl dave we, one it's a great point there is i don't see the appeal yet he keeps hooking up with everyone like I don't know if it's the hairy shoulders. I don't know if that's in, and the girls are really into that there. But what bothers me about Carl is every episode he's just like, I just want a girl. I just want to settle down. Like I just want to yes. find love. Everyone wants yes. to find love. <laughs> but anytime a girl's into him, he without question will sabotage the relationship. Yeah. And then play the woe is me card. And I, I just don't. If you wanted to sleep around, just own it. Right? If you just want to, if you're not interested in a relationship, just hook up with whatever you want. But then they'll say, oh, I'm getting screwed over by all these girls. It's been been such a difficult summer. Like, you're drinking Fireball every week and hooking up with girls. Like, it hasn't been that bad of a summer. Let's put things in perspective here, Carl. Yeah, for sure. And then they'll play this, you know, just things haven't worked out. And then at the end, he's just like, well, I may just want to have a threesome with Danielle and Jules. I'm like, oh, well. You know, maybe you know, maybe things are working out the way you want them to. So I, I just see, I feel like he has so many cards in his hand, and he keeps like playing them all over and over again. And I just don't think he know what what he wants. And I'm with you, Alyssa. He's without question my least favorite character on the show. It's it's number eight, and it's not even close. <laughs> um, I do have to say that Dave did send me a chart with, like, up and down arrows of how people's stocks are doing this season, and um, we might have to post that on our Instagram because I very <laughs> much enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and Carl does this, like, very typical, like, non-committal guy thing where he keeps going, like, I'm struggling. What do you want from me? Like, I sabotage myself. What do you want from me? And it's like, I want you to try to stop doing this over and over again. Like, he he gets in fights with people where he has such a hard time hearing, taking any responsibility for anything he's done, even when it's, like, his best friend, Lindsay, who just, he decided to finger bang at the beginning of this season. But they didn't and, even ooh. kiss. They didn't even kiss. Yeah, they all from the waist fingered? down. Yeah, so Lindsay knows that Carl has hooked up with all these other girls in previous seasons, and the whole time she's been like, I'm his best friend, I'm his best friend. And then they, like, hide at the beginning of the season that he fingered her. I'm not sure if it was in a car or if I'm mixing that up with something else, and they didn't kiss. And what then they were, were their like, faces doing, you know, what were you, what were you looking at? What I have were you no doing? idea. I don't know. And I'm not sure like how enjoyable that really is for Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. It sounds not fun. <laughs> um, and then they, they tried, you know, they tried to be like, okay, well, if we're interested in pursuing this, we should really like have a conversation about it because we have such a good friendship. And then immediately Carl sabotages it after they get in like a screaming fight on their first date and then asks out the Barry's boot camp instructor uh, right in front of Lindsay while she's also taking the Barry's boot camp class. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's pretty good. Shut um, up. Yeah, oh so God. he's sort of the worst, but also is like a key engine to the show, I'm willing to admit. He does cause quite a bit of drama, which I enjoy. What else? Taylor, do you have any like any questions from just looking at the highlights of the you know, show? 
I do have to say, I don't know if this is going to get us too deep down like a specific rabbit hole, but I went to go watch the fir- very first clip that I watched was the trailer for season one, right? Mm-hmm. And it had the very fun, typical, like, quick cuts between fights and people throwing drinks at each other and everybody's gorgeous and a bunch of that footage that you were talking about of the like very intense night sex cam uh with just loads and loads of sex and i was Mm -hmm. like okay i get it this is like very real world it's very jersey shore and i I, i'm getting it and then all of a sudden in the middle of this montage it takes a hard turn and two of them are getting married Mm-hmm. And they're like engaged and planning a wedding. And I was like, what am I looking at? This seems insane. Like, this is like something I do not know from. So can you please yeah. give me if there is a Sparknotes version of what the fuck that is okay. about? So Amanda and Kyle are the couple that's engaged in the house. Amanda is gorgeous. I think she's truly like one, like extremely stunning. One of the most stunning women I've seen on Bravo. Their relationship starts out with, like, a booty call situation. Kyle is significantly older than Amanda. I think when we meet Amanda, she's, like, 21, 22. She's very young. Um, And we watch for the whole first season Kyle continuously booty call her and invite her to things and invite her to stay the weekend and then continue to say, like, I can't have a girlfriend right now, which I'm sure off camera is really devastating to Amanda. And she's not an official cast member that first season. She's just kind of around because she's hooking up with Kyle. Then things are like progressing and they're in a relationship and everyone's super happy and they move in with each other very quickly. And then Kyle cheats on Amanda. (gasps) Uh, And I think that happens in between seasons. And then, you know, they're working through it. They talk about it on the show. Obviously, she feels betrayed. Um, They have their parents come onto the show and talk about it with them, which is like a real tough look. Um Then while they're on the show, there's another rumor that Kyle blacked out and made out with another girl that they have to reckon with. And Amanda's like clearly very hurt by this. It turns out allegedly not to be true. I'm not sure that I necessarily believe that. Um, And then they move past it. And uh, Kyle proposes to Amanda on the show while they're on a boat. And literally they show production like so emotional and clapping for them. Like so psyched. Yeah. And then um, this whole season has been about them trying to start Lover Boy, their business together, <laughs> living together. And then also Amanda sort of like being tired all the time and not wanting to move forward with planning a wedding. Um, and then Kyle being like, I don't get it. We've been engaged for so long. Like, why won't she make any decisions? She's so sloppy. Like, she can't get anything together. Like, he kind of sucks, to be honest with you. Interesting. Um, so and a when lot you of- say living together, they're living together in real life, like in New yes. York City. And then also coming back and living in the, the summer house, as they say. Correct. So the way that okay. the show is structured is, like, you see them pack up their apartment during the week and then, like, go live in the summer house, basically. Okay. Got it, got it, um, got it, got it. But yeah, so it's interesting because this season, Amanda had a lot of conflicts with one of the other girls in the house, Hannah, who was hooking up with somebody who was sort of being noncommittal about only wanting to be monogamous and, um, you know, being in a relationship and all of that kind of stuff. And Amanda, like, had a real problem with her friend over this. Like, she really, she felt like she gets attacked so much for being with Kyle through the cheating scandal. But when she criticizes other people, they're not willing to hear her out. Um, Mm. It's interesting. I really wish Amanda would break up with Kyle. (laughs) Um, She's so beautiful. And I think Kyle has a good heart, but he's just like, 
he just doesn't cut it, man. He's he just, just a lover boy. He's not <laughs> he's not very nice to her. And it seems like she really just is in too deep and like thinks it's too hard to start over. Uh, what think do you think? That that's relatable, right? As like I feel often, especially if a friend or I've, I've even been the friend who will get defensive and kind of throw advice back in someone's face and be like, well, you didn't do that when you were with Steve. Right. How about that? Right. Um. Dave, I'm curious if seeing the if, and like watching this show gives you a better understanding of the definition of fuckboy or what your <laughs> definition of it was before going into this show because it seems like a real masterclass <laughs> fuckboyery. You know what? I was I think I was uh, I wasn't quite sure of the fuckboy term, but now I'm like, okay, oh that makes sense. Now it's like it, it's visual, so that certainly helps me there. It's like a picture in a textbook uh, in college. Or once you see the visual, once you see Carl. Once you see Kyle, the pieces start to, to come together for sure. And, and what's, what's funny, uh, Taylor, is about Kyle is every season, at one point, he gets so drunk and he goes, I wish I was single. Like, to yeah. Amanda. Like, yeah. clockwork. <gasps> like, clockwork. But oh, I think That's I, awful. I'm not even sure <laughs> Amanda even likes Kyle. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not um, convinced because here's why I say that. They've been engaged for a while and she hasn't even, like, begun planning any of the wedding yeah like not even like oh let's look at some dresses let's buy a couple magazines at the grocery store and see you know uh, you know let's go like on i'm not even engaged and i'm like how much is a wedding venue cost? <laughs> let me look into this you know like there's a curiosity there where you're like maybe just like for practical purposes i start planning and she's just like nah i don't really maybe he'll fuck someone again and i can get out of this <laughs> Like, right, exactly. Like, should I make a playlist? I'll make some couple mix CDs here. Yeah. Like, Amanda and Kyle, to me, like, in college, everyone knew that couple where they were together forever. Like, they started dating freshman year, and then by senior year, every time you went to a bar or party, they would get drunk and have this vicious fight, and they both would be crying, and it would ruin the mood for everyone else, and you're like, oh, you're so tired of it. And then the next morning, you see them at the dining hall holding hands, and you're like, well, what the F just happened? Yeah. Like, just break up already. Like, I think that's those two, is that... I think there's going to be like this forever. They're absolutely going to get married and stay together forever. And I don't think either of them are going to be happy about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's interesting to see Amanda feel like, I think when when there's people who have such public fallouts in their relationship on these shows, they, they sort of like relish any mistakes anyone else is making because they get to go like, look, I, I'm not perfect and you're not perfect. It's a very like Kristen mm. Doty thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of like what we're seeing with Amanda and um, Hannah this season especially. And I, Dave, it seems like you really, really love Hannah. Like she might be your favorite character. So do you want to do a little description for her? Yeah, I agree. And I, why I like Hannah so much there is – she just knows what she wants, right? This is uh, a successful, independent woman who's just like, I'm not looking for a relationship. Yeah. I'm just looking to hook up, and when I'm looking to settle down, I'll settle down. And I think there's a, she's just blunt, and I think there's an honesty about her, which I think uh, why she's my favorite character. And, and it's funny because I think you have that kind of that click with Hannah, Paige, and Amanda, and I think Amanda starts attacking Luke who was Hannah's crush for this summer because I think Amanda's having her own issues in her own backyard with yeah. Kyle. So she's just like, well, what can I maybe control? And in this case, obviously, Luke was kind of her number one target throughout the summer. But Hannah, I, to me, is just... I think One, I think she's funny. I think she has a good sense of humor, right? Mm -hmm, so I mm -hmm. think she, she gets points for that there. And I think throughout the whole summer is that she was like, I was attracted to Luke. We're both single. Like, let's just have some fun. Yeah, for sure. Also, she plays tennis, and I feel like Mike told me that you play tennis. Is that true? 
I played at a small school. She played at Wisconsin, a very big <laughs> school. And you'd actually see like clips and like highlights of her like, hitting the ball, and she hits really hard. And uh, <laughs> and it, it's yeah. funny because uh, Luke actually played hockey, and we would have this joke down here that uh, guys that play hockey only play hockey because they're terrible at every other sport. <laughs> and if you actually and if you actually see Luke, he like he can't catch a ball, he can't hit in the batting cages, and I think that holds true. Is that Luke's is not good at any other sport, but Hannah. Because hit the ball, she hit with some velocity. So no, I will not be playing her anytime soon. I will. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll defer to her. So Luke and Hannah sort of were hooking up, and Luke basically was blaming his ex, his feelings for his ex, on not being able to commit, um, and not being able Ugh. to like have real, you know, have a real meaningful relationship with Hannah. Well, that's original. <laughs> <laughs> and. There are times where during the season where uh, Luke may not have been that upfront about sleeping with other girls when he was hooking up with Hannah, but they allegedly are not sleeping together. Um, And all the other girls in the house like freak out like Luke is the worst guy ever. And Hannah handles it very much like you guys. I know what I'm doing. Like, it's okay. Um, And then ultimately... It's interesting because there's this power struggle struggle over who will sleep with the other person and who is, like, sort of saving themselves from getting hurt. And at the end of the day, Hannah comes to a place where she's like, I want to sleep with you. And then Luke doesn't do it, which is so bizarre. That is curious. As someone who's, like, pretty well in tune with what guys are thinking, I'm perplexed on this (laughs) one, right? Because normally when a guy says something fishy or odd, 99% of the time it's like, oh, I need space or I'm trying to figure things out. It means they want to sleep with the girl but not date them. Every time. It's the same translation. But Hannah's basically saying, let's have sex. And he's just like, oh, no. I I have to take my contacts out. Like sometimes you just got (laughs) to... deal with the dry eye in the morning and, and you know, get down to business there, right? Like, it's, and, like, his logic and his rationale just never made any sense. And during the reunion episode, they called him out on it, and rightfully, that's kind of my number one, like, unanswered question. It's like, why don't you sleep with her? Like, obviously, she's, she's telling you, let's have sex. And, and I think his response was, like, I respect Hannah too much. And I just don't, I just don't get that. Very few times <laughs> in my life has, like, a girl walked up to me and said, Dave, let's have sex. But in those rare times, my response wasn't like, ah, thanks for the offer, but I, I respect it too much. I have to politely decline. Like, I just don't, I still don't understand because he, because he was sleeping with another girl. So like, yeah, that's what I that's don't That's the get. weird part. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I don't know. And I'm hoping that Alyssa, that maybe you have some insight on what sort of like, what was his angle? Because I have all this, I have no answers here. What if he had, hear me out. An STD. Wow. So he gave it to the other girl? He might have gotten it from the other girl, found out that they both had it, and then needed to, like, lie low and not have any new partners, and respected Hannah enough to not give her chlamydia. You know what? I I like this theory. I think it tracks. What do you think, Dave? I think Taylor's on the something because (laughs) she hasn't seen the show but towards the end, they hook up, but they don't have sex, and he yes. just goes down on her. Yes. Oh, my. So Taylor may have just solved the puzzle here. 
Yes. Here's another thing I'll say. You guys, I don't know if, Dave, you wear contacts, but earlier you really poo-pooed dry eye. And as a contacts wearer, I'll tell you, if if you're really, really itching, I don't care who the hookup is, you got to take your contacts out. Yeah, just <laughs> take them out and insane. be a little blind. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just seems like uh, we could have looked past that at the, at the Karen time there, but obviously he did. I don't wear contacts. And I tried to uh, put contacts in my eyes, and I, I actually saw Mike's dad was my is my eye doctor. Aww. Oh, I thought you meant he like materialized no, in front no, of me, like, like, like as, a, as an image, as a ghost. <laughs> but I couldn't take contact lenses out of my eyes. I got a thing with touching my eyes, and that's why I only wear glasses. Is I could put oh. contacts in my eyes, but when I have to take them out, I get squeamish and this and that uh what about what did you think of jules this season jules is this new cast member so she was sort of like the odd woman out of these very clicky girls who had spent a lot of seasons together she's from jordan um she's really beautiful like i thought she was stunning honestly um she gets in a fight uh with a guy named Jordan, actually, who she's hooking up with. Uh, <laughs> and at one point, like, Carl tells her to leave because she's causing too much drama, which is rude. Um, they get past it, and then she kind of finds her way for the season. What, like, what grade would you give her as a newbie? Uh, a C. Okay. <laughs> a, a C, C plus. Okay. And, and here's why. She started off the season in really rough shape because even before she stepped into the house, she was hooking up with Jordan. Right. And that, and that guy's the pits. He's just... He's no good. He he's is, no good. He is a liar. We yes. think he's a liar. He, uh, He's the kind of guy, Taylor, who will be like, oh my God, it's so crazy. And then we paid for a hooker and she like ate my asshole. And it's like, what? Oh my no, God. you didn't. Like, you just didn't. Like, that just didn't happen. That doesn't happen to you every single weekend, Jordan. Like, we know you're <laughs> lying. So Taylor, here's Jordan's timeline, right? So uh, I'm sorry, Jules's timeline. Jules comes on a show. It's looking up with Jordan. Alyssa spelled it out perfectly. He's the pits. Uh, Carl then yells at her and says, after way too much fireball, and says, no one likes you. Why are you here? Leave the house. I want you out <laughs> Oh, here. my God. Yeah, Carl's honestly the worst. Taylor, a week later, Jules and Carl start hooking up. They Shut start ho- I the know. fuck up. Okay, I don't know who to be more mad at in that situation then, because that's insane. That's and absolutely I, insane. Alyssa's trying to put Jules on the honor roll here. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here, but you know, like I think I'm just blinded by her here. beautiful hair. Right, like she's fair. gorgeous. Um, hair will go a long way with me. <laughs> if you have bad hair, <laughs> you're gonna have to have a great personality. To be honest, do you guys? So wait, this is um, who? Who's the? the is it Carl in this situation again? Yes. That this is the one that yells at her and throws her out. Yes. <laughs> so. Is there, do you think that there might be something about Carl? Because I think that some guys can fall on this weird speech, sweet spot on the scale of good lookingness where they're like generally good looking dudes, but not super, super hot. So then there becomes something that is a little seemingly trustworthy about them where you're mm-hmm, like, oh, mm-hmm. I can like sort of trust this guy. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, he's just fucking every single person, you know, because mm-hmm. that spell has kind of maybe even unintentionally on his part been fallen on all of the women around him because like how could you possibly how could he be hooking up with all of these girls 
I just don't get it. It's he can't exactly be that, that tall. It's exactly that. And I have fallen <laughs> under a spell like that before in college. And you watch all of these girls. And by the way, I'm like, there is video evidence of this happening to the other women that are currently in the house with you. Like, mm. I do not understand how you think this guy is your ally, A, and B, how you're not going to end up having sex with him and then end up in the same situation as everyone else who's had sex with him. Yeah, that's I there's also something to be said right about I don't know. There's something that a lot of people I think both genders can romanticize about wanting to change the other person, right? But that can only go so far because if you're really like changing the person in your friend group who has not only fucked but additionally fucked over every other <laughs> woman in your life, then that's like too much. You don't want to change that person and you can't turn that person into a trophy, right? You yeah. just can't. It's If there's a guy who's usually an asshole and he's maybe fucked one or two of your friends, I don't know. But it seems like Carl's fucked all of them. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm yeah. impressed, honestly. He, um, I think every. I think we watch all of these girls convince themselves that they're going to be different, like for whatever connection they have to Carl. Um, and they're never different. And I'm sure what will happen to Carl is he'll just get into his 40s and then he'll meet like a 23 year old and then they'll get married. Like that's probably he's going to be like Mr. Big or something like that. I really love this idea of a of a fuck boy, like an anti fuck boy propaganda masterclass. Yeah. Alyssa, that's like very important because it is so textbook and yet they are thriving i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand how they're they're we're having like a problem with the ecosystem of just like overrun fuck boys yeah. and we need to figure out it's like the jellyfish in japan you know <laughs> and then you kill them and then they birth like a billion eggs while they're dying and then a billion more are born what what are we gonna do <laughs> Have you guys not gone down like weird YouTube rabbit holes during COVID? I have. Um, <laughs> not that specific one, but I'm glad that you shared it with us. So he starts making out with Jules. They're kind of hooking up here. And they're in the back of like an SUV. They're going on like a beer run or picking up food or whatnot. And Carl doesn't really apologize for like his behavior the weekend prior. But Jules says something along the lines of like, you know, like after he yelled at me, I realized I had to step up my game. And I want to be like... Can somebody have an intervention here for Jules? Like, <laughs> is she apologizing for existing right now? Like, why? Are, like, why are we apologizing to this guy? Yeah. Like, I gotta step up my game here, and then, and then they, they hooked up again, and I'm just like, can somebody? And I think that's my kind of with Jules is, I, Carl's the villain, with without a doubt here. But Jules, she walks into the show, she's hooking up with Jordan, and then she's hooking up with Carl. Without question, in the worst two uh, uh, characters on the show, right out yeah. of the gate, she yeah. hooks up with those two. It's like, really, it's like if like a Jules stopped us on the street and said, guys, like, you'll, you'll never believe it, uh, I hooked up with a member of NSYNC. And we get all excited, we're like, it was Timberlake, it had to be Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and she's like, no, it was Joey Fatone. And it's like, oh. <laughs> you hooked up with you hooked up with them. You hooked up with Carl. You hooked up with Jordan. Like I just like you know like what a letdown. You know like and she's beautiful. <laughs> she's a beautiful girl. You know, and then just uh, her decision making just uh, needs we need to work honestly. On part of me thinks that she just did that because she wanted to fit in. <laughs> she was like, I'm I mean, just thinking that. Yeah. A tether to somebody in the house. These girls are clearly not going to let me in their clique unless I do the same thing that they did, which is fuck Carl. I guess. <laughs> 
I, I was trying to justify in my head that like, well, I've got to step up my game. And it's like, well, the, obviously he's the he is the more important person socially in this group in terms of friendships and like the, how the house works. So she's like, I got to fucking figure elbow my way into this group somehow. And that right. sucks. The women should run Summer House. God damn it. <laughs> so this reminds me of a little bit of a of a show on MTV called Siesta Key. Yes. And <laughs> I, I after watching the show, you simultaneously learn like how wildly sort of um, trashy and over the top and like just awful that this place can be while also wanting nothing more than to go there. I like want to go to Siesta Key so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys feel that way about Summer House and it's Southampton? Do you like really want to fucking go to Southampton and go to this crazy bar? Or are you like, oh my God, this needs to just be living on my TV screen? I would love to go to Southampton Social and have one of these espresso martinis that they always start the night off with. They look so delicious to me. Ooh. And then just like, you know, wear some Hampton-y clothes. They have very excellent fashion on this show. Um, so I would love to like, you know, give it my best. I don't know if I'm that excited to go to the Hamptons, right? Like, do I want to buy a $25 Bud Light and, uh, you know, to see a bunch of guys in salmon pants. I just don't know if that's uh, a big turn on for me. I may politely pass the Southampton social <laughs> mm -hmm. and just, uh, I'll just hang tight in North Jersey and just wait for everybody to come back during the weekdays. Mm -hmm. And we'll just, uh, we'll go to like a karaoke bar or trivia night, uh, like on a Tuesday night. I think that'd be more of my scene. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, my God. Karaoke, like RIP pandemic totally wiped uh, that out. I was thinking the other day about how Taylor and I have never karaoke together before, which I find insane. You were thinking really? about that organically. That's so cute. I was. I was. <laughs> well, there's this little like um, like uh, connection going on with um, Mike and Taylor where they both will not stop singing <laughs> Hamilton songs all the time at, separately in our in our separate homes. And I keep texting Taylor about it. Like the other day, I think this is really funny. Mike said the only reason why I'm excited to marry you is so I can say Angelica tell my wife John Adams doesn't have a real job anyway and I'm like okay <laughs> this is out of control um, anyway and Taylor wakes up to Hamilton I wake up ringtone. to Hamilton every single day to the Aaron Burr song which starts yeah. off as 1776 <laughs> New she York wakes City. up with jazz hands already like she just I immediately do. pops out of bed with jazz hands I've been waiting for Tony to tell me to change it because he does he like laughs at it in a way that's suggests he hates me every morning what about you taylor from what you've seen in the show does it look like something that's desirable or does it look like it's giving you ptsd from college well yeah a little ptsd from college just getting like wasted in new york but in upstate new york out of the city but i like your answer of like you see the amazing fashion and you're like i want to fucking come to play and i would see the fashion and be like oh no that means i'm going to spend the whole day like texting Alyssa what i should wear <laughs> i really i love like feeling like feeling fashionable once i get there like arriving at the destination after having picked out everything is great but getting too dressed up and in, in, in like a trendy environment like makes me break out into hives so <laughs> that i wouldn't love but i'm won over by the espresso martini which is like maybe my favorite drink so I'll go I think the I'll move go. as like an older person um you know who can't just like drink all night without passing out in bed uh is to do an espresso martini right am I just like mm. too late to this or was everyone doing that without me <laughs> here's my question did you guys know do you guys know how to make one because I just learned how to make one and it actually has so it's like 
Kahlua and vodka and sometimes Bailey's, but it doesn't always have, depending on where you are, actual espresso in it. Espresso. Oh, really? And this dumb bitch, myself, yes, I always thought if you ordered it, I, I sometimes I wouldn't order it at places because I thought it was inconvenient to make. And then I would be like, how is this so cold so fast? So it's usually just vodka and Kahlua and one other thing. Wow. Um, is it milk? I'm well, let sure. me tell you, a friend of the pod, Colleen Wolf, also from Philadelphia, who who is an NFL reporter and did a, an episode about Below Deck on this podcast, she just made me my first espresso martini at her house in her backyard. How'd and she make it? She does it with an espresso maker. She has like a little one cup <gasps> espresso maker and Kahlua and vodka. And it was fucking excellent. Okay. It was that great. That sounds amazing. We're going to have that to post Colleen's espresso martini recipe for everyone to share. Cause it was the best drink that I've had the entire pandemic for sure. Dave, has this made you, are you like now really excited to sort of feed the monster that's been born within you from being addicted to summer house? And do you want to watch more things or are you like trying to be careful and you're like just sticking to this one show <laughs> is like summer house like the gateway drug is what yes. you're asking here yes i'm intrigued right i don't think i would purposely go out of my way and say i need to watch this but if someone has it on i get hooked really easily mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of that's the problem there is vanderpump rules obviously that's a really popular one if i sat down and watched one episode i fear that like i'm i'm gone yeah, nobody will nobody will see or hear from me for months, and I think I'm just I'm just trying to remain employed. So it's just kind of a balancing act there as far as keeping my job, and also finding the right balance of reality TV here. So it's a it's, it's a delicate it's a delicate situation right now, Taylor. It's and a, you also have a baby, right? Right. So you know, lots of responsibilities. Understand. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as like the first reality show I'm watching is Real World. I watched all the real worlds until like the only you know, broad ever like attracted people, right? Like it was like Las Vegas where they just made a decision where everyone has to be good looking. But I love real world and I think your comparison's right there where I think there are some similarities between this show and real world. And I also like Jersey Shore and Florida Bama. Uh, Florida oh, Bama there you Shore. go. Okay, so, so you I love think it's a... kind of in that, yeah. that kind of dynamic there. Yeah, you like people being in a house together, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I do. I like that. I like the camaraderie. You know, like, I'm not interested in any, like, studio apartments. Like, let's get a big house. Let's get a pool. Let's put a, 12 people together and see what happens. And just oh, do man. fireball you... all day for the moment we wake up. <laughs> well, this is great, and we are getting pressure from the rates to Ricky Sanchez to have the room to record, guys. So I got to okay. uh, wrap it up. But this was so awesome, and I wanted to ask if um, there's anything you wanted to plug. Sure, I would say uh, vote yes. and wear a mask. Yes. Let's keep, let's keep it Woo! simple. Vote and wear a mask, everybody. Um, you heard the man. Thanks so much, Dave. This was awesome. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you, Dave. Bye. Take care.